Welcome to US Rail Journeys, Series 3. It's been a long time coming, but with the easing of travel restrictions, I have been able to make the journeys I had originally planned for the spring of 2020. So far in this series, I have travelled from Miami to New York on the Silver Star from New York to New Orleans on the Crescent, and now I'm traveling from Los Angeles to Chicago on the Texas Eagle. I will then complete my 6,684 mile rail tour using the Lakeshore Limited to New York, and then for my final trip, the Acela to Boston. Episode 22 in which our travels take us across the Rio Grande to the border town of El Paso, where we arrive early. The part of Lordsburg that the train passes through must have once been thriving. Now a lot of empty buildings, past two empty motels, both quite big, Three empty motels. Oh, oh, a couple of trucks in that one. Maybe that one still survives. I think in total we've passed six or seven closed motels. And another one. That one's a bit smaller, though. Some of them are quite big. About 50 minutes, five, zero. We'll be Deming, New Mexico. Going to be another quick stop for Deming, passengers only. Thank you. As we pass along the plain that runs between two ranges of mountains, we can see rain on both of those ranges of mountains, but no rain here yet. What is interesting looking out of the window is how the plants have changed. Gone are the cactus plants. And in their place, I've spotted a few yuccas and other similar types of plant. You may think that desert is all the same, but it's ever-changing. Halfway between Lordsburg and Deming, we cross the Continental Divide of 4,587 feet. Waters to the east flow into the Atlantic, whereas the waters to the west flow into the Pacific. The Continental Divide is the principal and largely mountainous hydrological divide of the Americas. It extends from the Bering Strait to the Strait of Magellan and separates the watersheds draining into the Pacific Ocean and the Atlantic. Although there are many other hydrological divides in the Americas, the Continental Divide is by far the most prominent because it tends to follow a line of high peaks along the main ranges of the Rocky Mountains and the Andes. The area that we're passing through now has kind of scrubby grass on the desert sand. If that grass is edible to cattle, 
you might be able to do a bit of ranching out here. I was right. There are some cattle. Our stop at Deming is about 1.15pm, 719 miles into our journey. We reached Deming, founded in 1881 and named after Mary Ann Deming Crocker, the wife of Charles Crocker. He was one of the so-called Big Four of the railway industry at that time. The Silver Spike was driven here to commemorate the meeting of the Southern Pacific and the Atchison, Topeka and Santa Fe Railways the second transcontinental railway to be completed in the United States. There are many prehistoric Native American sites in the area. The Mimbre and Casa Grande cultures left pottery of remarkable quality. The Lunas Mimbre's museum displays these artifacts dating from between 950 AD and 1250 AD. Among its other exhibits are a cowboy chuck wagon, a Harvey House traditional railway restaurant and a social centre. There's also an antique vehicle collection with an extremely rare 1907 REO. The initials stood for Ransom E. Olds, who pioneered both REO and Oldsmobile. As we go along, we may see jackrabbits, cottontails, kangaroo rats, hawks, buzzards, coyotes, porcupines, skunks, songbirds, crows and roadrunners, amongst many other animals in this area. The station? A simple metal shelter with a bench inside, sometimes called an amshack. Train information is posted on a sign outside. There are no platforms as trains stop at a paved vehicle crossing where passengers board. The station was used by 1,295 passengers in 2019. So we've just had our quick stop at Deming. I'm told that the dining delights here a pretty upscale. Burger King, Wendy's, in addition to McDonald's. One day I must go to a McDonald's and see what it's like. <laughs> All along both sides of the track there's fencing, which indicates to me that there's ranching. Because why put up a fence unless you want to stop your cattle from wandering onto the tracks? In the distance, I can see a few trucks on the highway and quite a few cars. It's lunchtime here and people seem to be enjoying themselves. Lots of people laughing. More trees growing in the desert in straight lines. I wonder what the crop is. Since my journey on the Texas Eagle, I have found out that pecans grow very well in the southern New Mexico desert, 
and that the state grows 35% of all the pecans grown in the United States. Donna Anna County in the state's southern region, with over 32,000 acres of pecans, is the nation's largest pecan-producing county. Pecans are a type of nut that, was native to North America, aren't considered native to New Mexico. There are a few large trees producing seedling-type pecan nuts in southern New Mexico, but there is evidence that these originally came from the central Texas and north-central Mexico regions in the late 1800s or early 1900s. The economic conditions of the mid-1920s and early 1930s meant that pecans were not viable in the consumer market. However, in the early 1960s, interest in planting new pecan orchards grew when pecans became economically viable. The plantings made in the early 1960s came into production in the mid-1970s. Five of the top 10 pecan producing counties in the United States are located in what is known as the Western Region. There are over 60,000 acres of pecans in the region spread across the far west of Texas, southern New Mexico, southern Arizona and California's San Joaquin Valley. Pecans are harvested by shaking them from the trees. The harvest is between October and December. They're then sorted to remove damaged ones. After that, they are air-dried or cured for two weeks in their shells. They should then be ready to eat. In about 10 minutes, I'm going to be going on my bathroom. Would anybody like to come down and purchase something to eat or drink? Cafe Car will be open for the next 10 minutes. After that, please wait for a reopening announcement. We've just slowed down from the 80 miles an hour that we were travelling at and gone over some points onto another track. Are we going to stop to be passed or will we be passing? I wonder. From time to time we pass a propane tank, not quite sure what it's for because it cannot be for heating the points. And the one we've just passed, it's about a quarter of a mile into the desert and there's no housing or anything like that there, so I have no idea what it might be for. Something has to be coming up, there are now three tracks and we're slowing down further. I was actually wrong, there are four tracks and we must be drifting along at about five miles an hour at the moment. So something major is going to pass this I suspect. Just crossed a crossing in the absolute middle of nowhere. Lights flashing, single gate down. Now it's five tracks and we're still in the middle of the desert.
the large yard that we've just passed through is the Strauss Yard, which provides fuel, water and effluent services for trains, crews and passengers. The facility opened in 2014, months ahead of schedule, and is operated by Union Pacific. It cost $400 million to open. It's on 2,200 acres just west of the Santa Teresa Airport. It is termed an inland port and means that they can handle extra trainloads of goods that would normally have had to use the Union Pacific El Paso Alfafa rail yard. So it gives them far greater capacity. We're now travelling past storage yards where all manner of gear is out there in the sun waiting to be loaded and taken further. Past an electricity substation. Then onwards, back into the desert. In the distance I can see habitation. Maybe 10, 15 miles away. Passing another large freight train we're carrying on I would say about 35 to 40 miles an hour we should soon be reaching the Rio Grande which is the New Mexico Texas state line I'm a little bit confused by that my phone was making a terrible alarm sound and it was an amber alert for a child abduction in McGregor, Texas. Why did I get that? I have no idea. The Rio Grande is a natural boundary, and as we head towards the Texas state line, we see the crucifixion-topped peak of Sierra de Cresto Rey to mark our entry into the Lone Star State. The 33-foot statue stands on top of a 9-foot base on the 4,500-foot mountain. Spanish for Big River, the Rio Grande is 1,885 miles long, the fourth longest river system in the United States. Once again, if you have checked baggage, 
Give us about five to ten minutes after the train stops. We're going to be getting those bags off to you as soon as possible. Just make your way to the front of the depot. There's a, ba a white baggage claim sign on the wall. Just give us a wait there at a few minutes and we'll get those bags off to you as soon as possible. Pass those taxes once again, folks. We'll be coming up in just a few minutes. Thank you. So now we're just drifting along towards the station in El Paso. The freight train that passed us is the other side of the valley. And you can see it strung out, slowly moving round on its embankment. We will come round 180 degrees by the time we get into El Paso. Such is the shape of the hills round here. People are saying as we come into El Paso that the highway that I can see just outside the window goes over the border. So from where I'm sat, I'm looking across the border. We've travelled 807 miles to this city on the Rio Grande River. Fort Bliss is a major US Army installation and a major local employer. The Franklin Mountains extend into the city from the north and nearly divide it into two sections. It wasn't part of Texas until 1848 when the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo made the settlements on the north bank of the Rio Grande River American. The present New Mexico-Texas boundary was drawn in the Compromise of 1850. The population exploded with the arrival of the Southern Pacific, the Texas and Pacific, and the Atchison, Topeka and Santa Fe railways in 1881. Marshal Dallas Studenmeyer was hired to tame the cowboys and clean up the saloons. In 1930, Conrad Hilton opened his first high-rise hotel here, and in 1934, Varney Speedlines began operations out of El Paso Municipal Airport. They became Continental Airlines. It is said that the margarita was first mixed at Tommy's Place, a bar, in 1945. The 24,000-acre Franklin Mountain State Park is the largest urban park in the United States of America. The city is the headquarters of Helen of Troy Limited, manufacturer of health products such as Dr. Scholl's, Vidal Sassoon, Sunbeam and others. Local attractions include the Big Bend and Carlsbad Caverns National Parks. The man with the microphone thanks the passengers and crew on train number 422, the Texas Eagle, which left Los Angeles Union Station on Sunday the 3rd of July 2022, bound for Chicago. The US Rail Journeys podcasts are produced and published by the Mr. T Podcast Studio. Thank you very much for listening, and please join me again in a couple of weeks for the next instalment. Thank you.